time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test Good morning, good morning, good morning, City Point. It is such a pleasure to be here with you today. And I don't know about you, but I'm so excited and so grateful to be in the house of the Lord. We praise God for who he is, all that he's done, and all that he continues to do. And so if you are happy to be in the house of the Lord today, why don't you just take a moment and just praise the Lord for the goodness that we've experienced for this week. Hallelujah. God, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you for who you are, for you are great and greatly to be praised. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. And so we come this day saying thank you. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for being our King. Thank you for being our Savior and our Redeemer. Thank you for being our Father. God, we thank you for being our provider, our healer, and all that we need. We thank you, Lord, that you are I am. Thank you, God, for the many blessings that we've experienced. Lord, we know that we are not deserving of it because you are faithful and because you are gracious. You continuously bless us. And so, Lord, we come this day saying we love you. We are in love with you. God, we yield ourselves to you for you are wonderful. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm so grateful, so grateful to be standing before you on this day. Um, I'm so grateful to Pastor D for asking me to stand before you. And anytime I stand before uh, City Point or anyone else, I'm grateful that the Lord is able to use me as his mouthpiece. And, that's, and I pray that this day that you will be blessed. We are in the sermon series of SIS, a sermon series that's dedicated to our ladies. And I just want to say that if you have not already listened to the sermons for the last two Sundays, you have missed out. But you can still go to YouTube and check them out. Um, and so on the first Sunday of this month, Pastor D, he started off this month phenomenally by talking about the Naomi's of the world and dealing with life going from bitter to sweet. He reminded us that God's judgment is not against us. God has not abandoned us, and God's plan has not moved away from us. Then last week, Pastor Takara and an awesome woman of God, she followed up by talking about the Debras and the JLs of the world and how she challenged us to act, knowing when to take charge, to jump, when to jump at the opportunity, and to use the tools that we were given. And so on today, I want to take the conversation and bring the conversation home a little bit and to get a little personal. Um, I was asked to talk about the subject of self-worth. And as I began to think about the women of City Point, um, and let me just say 
that the women of City Point are some of the dopest women that I know in the world. And so shout out to you, City Point women. Um, I'm so grateful that I get a chance to do life with you. I'm honored to know you. You have come seriously enriched my life, and I'm grateful for all of you. Um, but as I was thinking about uh, what to share on this day, I thought about how when it comes to self-worth, a lot of us um, look at uh, our, our positions or titles and allow our worth to be wrapped up in that. And I want to, uh, to share with you because I know that as women, we are good at multitasking. Pastor Takara talked about this last week. She said we're good at multitasking and, and wearing many hats. Um, but how often do we truly take a step back and look at ourselves? and who we are. How often do we sit quietly for a minute and reflect on the very essence of our being, our character, and our perspective of ourselves? Well, today I wanna to challenge us to do that. And so when we think about our worth or how we see ourselves, it should never be based on what we have or what we do, but it should be based in whose we are. As a daughter of the Most High God, you have access to everything that you need. However, we limit ourselves because we haven't fully embraced that truth. We allow the standards of the world to dictate how and when and what we can do, be, or receive. And so I'm here to tell you today that you are greater and more powerful than you think. How do I know? Because God said so. Turn with me today to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I want to talk today about a masterpiece. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. In Ephesians, the second chapter, it emphasizes our position in Christ. Our position determines our possessions and our authority. Regardless of where we might be physically, we have the power and the authority in the spiritual realm because of our position in Christ. And so there's three things in this verse that I want to point out today that I hope will help us to understand and solidify our worth. I want to talk about a, master plea, a masterpiece, a model, and a mission. The verse starts out by saying, we are God's masterpiece. A masterpiece is a great work of art, something that you hold in high regard. It is something that you cherish, something that you protect at all costs. A masterpiece is something that you want to put on display for the whole world to see because everything about it was well thought out and well planned. Every detail about it is intentional. In the very same way, we are God's masterpiece. I want that to soak in for a little bit. We are God's masterpiece. God made us in his image and every detail about us is intentional. The psalmist highlights this in Psalms 139, 13, and 14 when he says, 
You, were form you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Sisters, you are God's masterpiece. When we see ourselves as God sees us, it produces about a type of confidence that no one can diminish. And if I may, brag on the women a little bit because this message is dedicated to the ladies. We are the only thing that God created that shares the same role as himself. Check this out. When God created woman as an e God created woman as an ezer, which is Hebrew for helper. This in no way suggests that the woman was or is inferior to man. Because God is not subordinate to his creatures, any idea that an ezer or an helper is inferior is illogical. There is nothing inferior about God, and he himself would not give himself a name that would suggest it in any way. So when God created woman, she was not an afterthought, because man alone was only half the story. God said in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, that without the woman, man's condition was not good. Therefore, it was intended that man and woman together and equally will be partners in subduing the land and caring for God's creation. Yes, sisters, we are God's masterpiece, and every detail about us is intentional. This is important because there are so many forces in this world that will try to, de to destroy whatever confidence we have. We are constantly faced with bouts of bias and microaggressions that aim to chip away at our brilliance and our confidence. And if we're not careful, the anxiety of it all can produce a type of trauma in our lives that will forever have us doubting who we are. The expectations that are put on us by others are most times unrealistic, and especially as women of color, not created for us to succeed. Taking it a step further, the expectations we put on ourselves are such that we are trying to maintain the perception or the perspective that we have it all together, when in reality, that's not the case. And that's okay. We've adopted this perfectionist mentality that everything has to be perfect, but according to who? There is only one who is perfect, and he is the one that created you. That doesn't give us freedom to be lax in how we do things, mind you, but to be realistic in the expectations that we place on ourselves. Your worth and your identity should never be wrapped in your accomplishments because those come and they go. You are God's masterpiece. Enough said. Because God is infinite in wisdom and power, and at the sound of his voice, he can cause things to exist knowing that he shaped and formed us in his image is enough for us to lay all else aside and rest in that truth. On the contrary, if we neglect God's view of ourselves, we are living below who he created us to be. So remind yourself daily, hourly, or at whatever frequency is necessary for you, that, God, that you are God's masterpiece and everything about you is good. Then you will not be shaken by anything that attempts 
to combat that truth. While we are wonderfully formed in the image of God, because of sin, it is our sinful nature that needed cleansing. This passage in Ephesians shows us that God has taken, that, has taken care of that for us. Think about it. If something happens to your masterpiece, because you value it so much, what are you going to do? You're going to do whatever's necessary in order to make it right. No questions asked. That is what God did for us. He took on the cost of our sins so that we could be made whole. He alone did it. Let's go back to chapter 2 of uh, Ephesians and look at verses 8 or 9. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. As believers, salvation is given to us freely through our faith. And this gift we did not deserve. That's grace. The beauty of this is that being God's masterpiece, we being God's masterpiece became flawed in our nature through disobedience. But Christ, through his obedience, made us whole again by the shedding of his blood. And by his blood, we are made anew. Which brings me to our second point. Verse 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. And because we are anew in Christ, we have a responsibility to live like Christ. Christ is our model. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are made new. Who we are is God's masterpiece. What we are is a Christ image bearer. As a Christ image bearer, we are to model the nature of Christ. Our value has already been solidified because we are God's masterpiece. We are his, fearfully and wonderfully made. It is our position in Christ that gives us the power as being daughters of the Most High, God. Being an image bearer is no small feat, mind you, but it is something that must be practiced daily. And I'm sure we all have heard somebody go to that default statement, well, this is just who I am, when their character is called into question. But the truth is, that is who you choose to be. Every morning we wake up, we have a choice in who we decide we are to represent that day. With Christ being our model, he should always be the standard by which we operate and function. But to know what that standard is, we must spend time with the one whose image we are to reflect. This is not a work that we can do ourselves, but it is the work of Christ done in us and through us, I'm sorry, it is the work of Christ done through us in our discipline of spending time with him. Richard Foster called it the discipline of grace. He says, it is a discipline because there is work for us to do. It is grace because the life, which God, the life of God which we enter into is a gift which we can never earn. Discipline in and of itself does not make us righteous. It merely places us before God. The transformation is God's work. This discipline 
should become so second nature to us that nothing can take the place of us spending time in God's presence. It is this time spent that fuels us for everything that we do. It should be so apparent that we function like a solar light. And so for those of you that don't know what a solar light does, a solar light uses the energy from the sun to charge its battery. And it is that energy that is stored in the battery that powers the light. But if the solar light doesn't come in contact with the sun, especially for long periods of time, it can damage the batteries and deteriorate their ability to hold a charge. The same is with us as Christ's image bearers. If we neglect to spend time with the one who is our source of light, we risk damaging our witness and deteriorate our ability to reflect his nature. It is our job as image bearers to spend time with God to understand how he wants us to live and to understand how to handle ourselves in the various situations that we face daily. With Christ being our model, we understand that the generous prosper and are satisfied. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed, Proverbs 11.25. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger, Proverbs 15.1. A wise woman builds her house. A foolish woman tears hers down with her own hands, Proverbs 14.1. A relaxed attitude lengthens life, but jealousy rots it away. Proverbs 14.30. I am determined not to sin in what I say. Psalm 17.3. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight to life. Psalms 19.8. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Psalms 23.1. Even if my father and my mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Psalms 27.10. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you, Psalms 32.8. It is better to be godly and have little than to be evil and possess much, Psalms 37.16. The steps of the godly are directed by the Lord. He delights in every detail of their lives, Psalms 37.23. But if you desire honesty, but you desire honesty from the heart, so you can teach me to be wise in my inmost beings, Psalms 51.6. My life is an example to many because you have been my strength and my protection, Psalm 71.7. And so when we are a Christ image bearer, we represent Christ in all that we do. So for the woman that is an entrepreneur, go on, sis. But remember that Christ is your model in how you do business. For the woman that is a mother, go on, sis. But remember that Christ is your model for how you live before and raise your children. For the woman that is a creative, go on, sis. But remember that Christ is the model for how you bring things into existence. For the woman who is in government, go on, sis. But remember that Christ is the model for how to fight for all people and not just the select few. For the woman who is a doctor, go on, sis. But remember that Christ is the model in how healing takes place. For the woman who is trying to figure it out, don't be discouraged. This next point is for you. Let's go back to, verse, to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, For we are God's masterpiece. 
He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. The reason why I love this verse is because it confirms for us that there is good work that God has already prepared for us to do. I don't know about you, but that's good news. Pastor Tony Evans, an amazing theologian and pastor, he summed up the latter part of this verse so beautifully. He said, one of the greatest reliefs you ought to feel about fulfilling your destiny is that you don't have to be burdened with creating it. No statue, painting, or song ever carried the burden of creating how it would be. God already determined the destiny for your life. Your job is to walk in it as you were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God planned, prepared beforehand. The work that has been planned, this work has been planned before you were born. Remember, everything about you is intentional. So when God created you, he did so with your purpose in mind. He knew that this world would need you and all that he put inside of you. We should not be waiting for God to come up with something great. Instead, he's waiting for us to discover it and commit to it. And that is in, in the form of our spiritual gifts. The moment you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are given a spiritual gift. And this gift is often seen by others before you even recognize what it is. However, the misconception is that your gift can only be used within the confines of the church. But that's not true. Your gift is to be used wherever you are. You are not responsible for the nature of your gift, but you are responsible for how you use it. That is why it is important not to place your value in positions or titles, because whether you have a title, position, or not, it does not diminish your value in God's eyes. Titles are man-made and are often used to promote seniority, but in God's eyes, we're all the same. No gift is greater than the other. Though some more visible than others, their significance are all the same. It is also important to understand that your gift, though it may be the same as someone else's, is uniquely yours and may be carried out in a different manner. For example, I have the gift of teaching, just like some of you may have the gift of teaching. However, it is displayed in our lives differently, but all are just as important. The thing that carries weight with your gift is your passion. For me, my passion is the word of God, so that's what I teach. But for you, your passion may be swimming, and so that's what you teach. You teach others how to swim. Both are necessary, and neither is more, impo neither is more important than the other. One teaches you how to live in this world, the other teaches you how not to die in water. Understand that when you know what your mission is, you won't wander aimlessly through life because you know what God has purpose for you when he created you. This too is made evidence when you spend time with Christ. 
And if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, there are resources that are available that can help you to identify what your spiritual gift is. And if you have never taken a spiritual gift assessment, I would urge every believer to do so. Understanding your mission is crucial to knowing who you are because it helps you to decide how to move about in life. When you are in alignment with your purpose, you are unstoppable. Psalms 33:11 tells us, but the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. So my sister, as long as we are in alignment with God's plans, we will not fail. For his plans for us are unshakable. We are God's masterpiece, living the model Christ set for us. That is worth more than anything we can ever achieve. When you think about who you are and your legacy, it's not about, it's not going to be what it is that you've obtained, but in what you've given away. That will live on much longer when you are gone. So my sister, you are the answer to someone's prayer. You have the thing that can save someone's life. You have what can turn this nation around. You have the cure for someone's disease. You are the part of the solution to end systemic racism. You have the means to pull, to uplift even the lowest of spirits. You have the power to overturn governments, corrupt governments. Yes, you have that power. So my sister, know that your worth is rooted in who God says you are. You are created in his image, fearfully and wonderfully. And because we are made in his image, Christ is the model by which we should live. And it is that alone that should be the standard by which we measure our lives. And lastly, God purposed you for such a time as this. Your mission was in mind when he created you. This is who you are, God's masterpiece.